Welcome back to Goodland, everybody. It is another great day here in the valley where everything We're is glad good. to have you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, Michael, how's your week been? Tell me about it. It's been a good week. Um, busy with work. And I was also able to get set up for next semester for school. I was able to get all my classes selected for that. So that's something I'm, I'm both looking forward to and I am dreading, <laughs> I'm horrified of taking um, more advanced business classes like statistics and um, <laughs> accounting. So wow. both good, good things in the future, you know, they'll, they'll push me for sure. But <laughs> yeah, good, good luck with that. I, um, when I was in school, um, I went to the early registration for my university. And while I was there, they had these people that were helping us get registered for our classes before our first year. And uh, they had me sign up for Math 1108, which was like a intro to algebra class or something like that. Um, but I took it and I failed it. So then I had to retake it to get the F off of my, uh, off my uh, report card or whatever, diploma. Um, so I retook it, passed it with a B and found out that that math class didn't count toward my degree. Oh my gosh. Um, I would have had to take the next class in order for the second, the next class after it to count for my degree. Um, but instead I could take this class called uh, math and modern society, which is basically, it's like math for liberal arts majors. <laughs> oh, cool. I think so, I took a class similar to that. Not quite, but yeah. So that's the one that they should have told me to take when I did the early registration, but instead I wasted two class slots on the same math class that didn't even count. For <laughs> See, the I, they, they started me out and of course college always has some required courses. So they like required one math one. So I took the absolute most basic math one I could, you know, no reason stressing. But the thing is, is part of my like major, they're going to require me to take these super advanced math courses, but they still want to make sure I take a super basic one as well. So <laughs> there's, a, there's a, lot, a few things going to waste, but thankfully you're done with all of that for now, Norrin. You're you're done with school and you've moved on to some big things this week, right? Yeah. Yeah. I got a degree. I'm, uh, I'm out here, but, uh, yeah, I've, I spent this last week. Um, I was in a three week training course for my new job. Um, I'm going to be a, a bank teller and, uh, they take, they take training very seriously, which I mean, makes sense since it's like people's money. That I'm working <laughs> with. So uh, it's, it's not the same as like when I worked at the movie theater, like if I mess up a transaction at the movie theater, it's like, uh, that guy charged me like a dollar more for my cents. popcorn yeah, <laughs> than, than he was supposed to. But if I mess up with someone's paycheck, you know, it's like dinner they can't put on the table. So <laughs> I did the last week was the last week of my three week training course. So I got that kicked out of the way and now I'm, uh, and now I'm certified. So on Monday I start my official position. So that was pretty exciting. Fun. That's good. What's like your favorite part about doing that job? Um, well, for one thing, the bank that I work at, the people that work there are super cool. Um, everyone that I've met is like, every, I feel like every time I meet someone, they're like a new candidate for the nicest person on earth. <laughs> everyone's <laughs> always just, good. Yeah. Everyone's just super friendly. And it's, it's like one big family, this like company of 15,000 employees, like you can talk to anyone and they'll talk to you like you've known them forever. So it's really cool. The environment is awesome. Um, and it's, I mean, it's kind of cool because I, I get to meet a bunch of people that I never would have met. Like the people that come into the bank, everyone has a different reason for, for coming in that day. Um, and most of the time they'll kind of share stories with you about what they're up to that day. So I get to meet a lot of people that I wouldn't have met that are doing a lot of things that I would have never known about otherwise. True. That's what, what I'm doing now is I like work consulting people, um, 
people from like small businesses to like huge businesses. And that's like my favorite part of the job is just, I get to meet people who are doing like everything, you know, from, you know, someone just like selling candles and, you know, Sensi to someone who has this like huge corporation that deals with insurance. Like it's just a new person every day. And there's so many cool things to do in this world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, while I was, while I was doing my shadowing, I went to, um, I spent like four days shadowing in a specific, uh, one of the specific locations that they have around here. Um, and the one that I was at was in, uh, this, I don't know if you remember star that city, but it's, um, yeah, (laughs) that small, small little city. Yeah. But it's grown up a lot recently. Um, they keep building new, uh, new places and it's went from like farmland to like rich families coming in and building their dream homes and all the empty land that's out there. So it's just a bunch of rich people and like retired people out there now. So I had a really specific crowd of, of wealthy retired folk coming into the bank. Um, so uh, I met a guy that was a, he had like $2 million to his name. And I was like, Whoa, wow. <laughs> It, uh, this job is, it's interesting because it's completely shifted my perspective of what a lot of money is and what a little money is. Cause I've seen, I've seen people with way more money than I will probably ever see in my life. And then I, there were a couple times where I've seen kind of the opposite. Um, and so it's, there's been times where I've been like, oh, well, maybe I'm doing a little better off than I thought. Like it could have been worse. And so it's given, it's totally shifted my perspective on on money and how it, how it works. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Pretty cool that you get to have that insight of seeing what people make, you know, and makes you probably appreciate quite a few things. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It has made me, made me feel pretty lucky for the kind of the situation that I'm in. Um, Cause it, it showed me that it could always be, it could always be worse. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. Very true. Um, one of the things that we do at that job is that every morning, um, when it's slow is the branch will get together. Everyone that works in that, in the branch will get together for a morning meeting called a huddle. And we talk about like the stats of like the new members that we've got or how we're doing with like member relationships and stuff like that. Um, and it's kind of a way to make sure that we're keeping on track with our goals. Um, and then to make, to to bounce it out. So it's not all number crunching and percentages. Um, They'll do, uh, they'll throw in fun questions or fun facts. So one of the questions that we got asked the other day was, would you rather fight um, a lion or a hundred ravens? That's a good question. (laughs) Um, To, we, one of the first questions asked in response was where is the fight taking place? And the answer was in a cornfield in so a cornfield corn okay. and you can fight a lion or a hundred ravens. Man, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I don't know. What was your answer, Norton? What did, what did you decide? I chose the lion, which was the unpopular opinion among the people that worked there. But I figured if I was in a cornfield, the lion wouldn't have as good a visual on me as the crows would because the crows are up above so they can see me. Oh, that's a good point. But I can, I can hide from the lion a little better in the corn. Um, so that, and I <laughs> the lion could hide from you. That's true. That's true. Um, but I, I also figured like a hundred, like, you know, they say if you're fighting a shark, you just got to give it like one good punch on the nose. That's and true. like that ends a fight with a shark. So I, a lion is just a land shark, right? So <laughs> just a land shark. Yeah. A, a, lion, a lion is essentially a shark of the, of the, of the grass cornfield. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, that, that was my reasoning. I just one good punch to the nose might teach it to leave me alone. And like people wrestle bears. And I know a lion is different yeah. than a bear, but like a, one singular animal, they seem like they're scary, but if you get a good hit in, you know, you might be able to scare it away. That's true. I mean, there's like, there's stories like, you know, in ancient cultures like Hercules. I mean, he killed a lion and, you know, uh, David, David and Goliath, didn't he strangle a lion or something when he was a kid? 
So, I mean, there's historical evidence that people beat lions. Now, and if there's whether... one historical figure that I am comparable to, it's Hercules. <laughs> I was going to say, whether or not we're making the correlation that Norin is Hercules. I'm basically Hercules, <laughs> modern day Hercules. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So you would rather face the lion in the I would choose field. the lion. That's true. I don't know what I'd choose. Um, yeah, because, I mean, a lion sounds, like, pretty horrifying. Because if he gets the drop on you, <laughs> you're done. Yeah. But, you know, ravens. Was it ravens or crows? It One was, of those? I think it was I think it was ravens. Ravens are a little bit bigger. So that's, that's adding just a little bit more threatening to the mix. So I don't know. Because, like, I mean, birds' bones are brittle, you know. So if you just, like punch one then that's one down but then you have like 99 to go yeah think so, about it one good hit on a lion versus a hundred good hits a hundred good hits that's true that's true mm. yeah i'd probably have to go with the lion because i mean worst case scenario we have here worst case scenario you die and i would much rather die from like a quick you know lion bite than a hundred crows or ravens just like picking at me so so i'm thinking worst case scenario i'll go with the lion and like even if you get away from the birds you know maybe you'll contract bird flu or something on the way (laughs) out so true there's some other options available so although i have a feeling that if if either of these situations were brought into reality i have a feeling you wouldn't get to choose like if you're in a cornfield and a lion shows up i don't think you would get the chance to say Hold on, can we switch this out for the hundred raids? <laughs> Hold on, I remember Norin and I had this conversation. <laughs> I, my decision's already been made. Dear so. Lion, please hold on. Hold on. I, I think I'd like to trade. <laughs> yeah, I have a I, feeling in most of these hypotheticals, if they were in real life, you wouldn't get the option to choose. That's true. That's a good one. Maybe we can do a segment in the future where you know either or you have to choose which one it's going to be. I think that could be. We'll do an episode on hypothetical battles. (laughs) True. So, anyone who's listening, send us some hypothetical battles, and Norn and I will debate pros and cons to each side. Tweet them at us. Yeah, we'll we'll totally do that. Um, But for now, this episode, what we're going to do is the uh, the other thing that we talked about in those huddle meetings: the interesting facts. So, Michael and I have both curated interesting trivia facts uh, from various places on the internet and comprised uh, lists to share facts with one another and by extension with you, our dear residents of Goodland. So uh, let's get into it. Michael, why don't you, why don't you start? Tell me, tell me one of these facts that you have unearthed. Okay. And let's see, I'll go with some facts. Um, this is a, a really short and simple one. And fair warning, if some of these facts turn out to be false, not our fault. <laughs> we found them on the internet. <laughs> yeah, we, we found them on the internet. So if you fact ch- check us and wrong, sorry, <laughs> what can we do? I live my life under the assumption that everything on the internet is true because lying is immoral and people would not be so publicly immoral as to be immoral on the internet. So that's a good point. That that's a good way to live. So I think the first fact that I have is that apparently in Japan, um, Domino's Pizza, which one, that's amazing that they have Domino's Pizza in Japan, but two, apparently at one point they decided to train reindeer, which again, I didn't know there were reindeer in Japan either, but apparently they trained reindeer to deliver pizzas. So (laughs) they would put a GPS on this reindeer and it had some sort of satchel or something where you'd put the pizza and they would just let the reindeer go. I don't know how successful it was, but (laughs) they said if Santa can do it, so can we. (laughs) Someone out there decided that it was worth the testing money, you know, (laughs) worth the R&D investment to see if reindeer could deliver pizzas. (laughs) Can you imagine being like, a pizza like you're a high school kid delivering pizzas and they're like sorry we're gonna have to let you go and you're like well who's my replacement and it's just like off (laughs) this freaking reindeer (laughs) i know we're all worried about computers taking over our jobs never once did we We think about reindeers (laughs) 
Never you know, considered the reindeer. <laughs> drones, maybe. Computers, yeah. Reindeer, no. That's, Thankfully, that's how they get you. They snuck up from both we least expected it. Thankfully, I don't think reindeer are going to take over Norn and I's jobs. <laughs> <laughs> Business consulting and bank work, probably not yeah. the reindeer, but watch out, you know. Food delivery person, you know, Grubhub or DoorDash, whatever other programs there are that look pretty good right now, reindeers may swoop in. What other jobs could a reindeer do? I, I think their options are limited by their lack of phalanges. <laughs> True. Phalanges. You you uh-huh. might be able to uh if if you can train them, maybe you could train them to be like actors and you could do like reindeer centric movies and it would be you know like like air bud but with with reindeer, reindeer? okay yeah. i could see that that could work see you just need to get a reindeer who can like manage himself that would that would be it i don't know what other jobs a reindeer could do delivery that that's pretty simple that's pretty easy um maybe what, market, our po- what marketable skills do reindeer have they, they have hooves <laughs> They've got they're fast. Handlers. They are fast. They can go through any terrain. So, you know, <laughs> who cares if it's snowy, icy roads? A reindeer can reach deer. you. <laughs> so that's one one benefit. Um they uh what does their pelt feel like? Are they soft and fluffy? It's kind of coarse, but like, you know, at the end of the day, definitely soft-ish. So Hmm. It grows back, right? So they could be, I don't know, maybe they open a textile business and they make sweaters and stuff. Oh my gosh. This is <laughs> this is my sweater. It is um deer <laughs> fur fur. That would be the word. It's not deer wool. <laughs> oh man. That's a good one. Okay, here. Let me. Let me pull one up. How's, how about this? Charles Darwin, he had a pet tortoise and it didn't die um, until uh, 2006. Wow. Okay. She was, she was like uh, 176 years old. Her name was Harriet. Harriet. Harriet the tortoise was 176 years old. She belonged to Charles Darwin. Wow. So talk about survival of the fittest. Apparently the tortoise was more fit than Charles. Sorry, You've man. heard of uh, the tortoise and the hare. <laughs> ready for the tortoise and <laughs> Charles Darwin. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, there, we used to have, I, maybe it's still there if Harriet was 176, but there was that big, big tortoise at uh, the Boise Zoo. Yeah, I remember that one. That one was pretty old too, huh? It was old. I don't know how old it was. I wonder if it's still around. Good question. Let me do a quick Google search. That's exactly what I was hoping to do. What What other animals? What other animals live that long? So tortoise, they live like a hundred plus years sometimes. I think parrots, those live for a pretty long period of time. I think they live to be like 80 years old sometimes. Do they really? Yeah, they they live a long time. That's kind of like crazy thinking of getting a pet and having it outlive you. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, that because I mean, if you think about it, that's like what we expect for children, right? We expect our children yeah. to outlive us. But you get a dog, and you're like, by the time I graduate high school, you know this this thing will be gone. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like used to goldfish, you know, like I, I raised some like a variety of pets growing up and I've outlived all of them to this point, you know, I couldn't imagine having a pet that would live on like 50 years after me. So, yeah. Do you, uh, do you leave an estate for, for your tortoise? (laughs) Can you put the tortoise in your will? Imagine being like a kid and you know, your, your parents die 
and you find out instead of you receiving a hundred percent of their wealth and ownership, you receive like 99 because the turtle gets 1%. <laughs> yeah. So any, suck. any news on the Boise zoo tortoise? I think the tortoise is still around. Um, zoo Boise saddened to report lion death. Zoo oh, Boise saddened to report death of tiger, but nothing about. Oh, Dean the llama, the last of Zoo Boise's rat pack has died, so we lost a llama. But it, nothing about the tortoise. That's good. Let's see. Oh man, they lost their last tiger. Oh no! I remember that was like always my favorite animal to see. That was in 2018. I wonder if they got another one. I haven't been to the zoo in a long time. Zoos are fun places. There's a lot of things that you can learn, a lot of things that you can see. I think especially as a kid. Zoos zoos exist on a on a scale of good and bad only, not an in-between. Because the line to go from good zoo to bad zoo, I feel like is so thin because as soon as a zoo that is bad cannot adequately take care of their animals, and that sucks. So That's I don't true. think there's an in-between. You're either good and you take really good care of the animals and you're really educational, or you're bad and the animals are miserable. Like, there's no in-between state for zoos to exist in. <laughs> That's true. I mean, if if the animals are only, like, partially taken care of, like, that would suck. I imagine that as, like, a human relationship, you know? But, like, I'm not killing you. Like I'm still feeding you. Like you're miserable, but <laughs> that's like, that's like how they torture people. You give them just enough food <laughs> to keep them alive. <laughs> yeah. So bad zoos are not good. Don't support them, but yeah. good zoos, good zoos, certified good. <laughs> certified good. <laughs> like uh, animal kingdom at Disney world. That place is pretty dang cool. It's like a big giant zoo. And for a while, when I think when Animal Kingdom first opened up, they were like, we're not a zoo. We're so much more than a zoo. And now I think they've leaned into like, we're like the coolest zoo on earth. Please come check it out. <laughs> That's I a good way to learn. Lean. I think their marketing has switched. But uh, I, I went there, my family and I went to Disney World the, the summer after we graduated from high school. And we went to the Animal Kingdom and they have a safari that you can go on where you get in a safari truck that's like on a track but it has a little bit of free range to drive and they lead you through this like man-made african sahara african grassland and they you drive through it and it, it's like being transported like the plants and stuff all they look just like all the pictures that you see um and they have live animals walking around and i had mm -hmm. I had a really interesting experience on this safari trip. Um, one thing that I will never forget was if you've ever been curious about how flamingos reproduce, um, I could answer that question for you. Um, and I could, because I saw firsthand two flamingos getting it on. Nice. Um, and it was, it was an experience. <laughs> that I, I will not likely ever forget. Um, and shortly after that, right? Like picture me fresh out of high school. I've been graduated for like a week and I'm in Florida. I'm, I'm with my family on a safari in Florida. It's super awesome. My brother and I are laughing at these flamingos, you know, doing it and Safari car keeps going. I'm riding the high of this funny sight that I've just seen. And we come up to a bridge and the safari car is driving. And all of a sudden there's like a lurch as, and the driver is like, oh God, I'm new. I'm so sorry. I've never done this before, but I think the bridge gave out. We, you know, we almost fell off and I'm <laughs> sitting there and I'm like, oh my God, we just almost died. This is a <laughs> car full of like 30 people. And this, first time safari driver just almost killed us and i'm sitting there like looking at my family and i'm and i'm like freaking out a little bit and they're like no it's in the script 
like that's it's supposed <laughs> to happen because it's on a track so i think that joke is usually in there to give a little bit of excitement to the children but to me an 18 year old with a high school degree i was also fooled <laughs> and i was i was quite concerned so fair warning to anyone who goes to that park did i just fair spoil warning. disney's animal kingdom safari for people i we gonna have to put a spoiler warning on this spoiler norin may spoil anything about anything just be prepared and i won't realize it till after <laughs> i'll say it out loud and they'll be like oh that was a spoiler wasn't it yeah a little bit well speaking of animals one trivia fact i have is that apparently when armadillos need to go and like cross a body of water they just like swallow a bunch of air so that they like turn themselves into like a life vest. <laughs> so they just like become this ball of air so that they can't sink even if they wanted to. They're just full of air. That's awesome. That that reminds me of Shrek. Oh they yeah. Grab an armadillo and blow it up like a balloon. <laughs> That's exactly what they do. I wonder, did Shrek learn from the armadillos crossing water? Or did armadillos watch Shrek and say, hey, maybe we can cross that river now. <laughs> armadillos just never crossed bodies of water until then. <laughs> they were just trapped. We're as not as, capable. As soon as it rains, they're like, this is my lot in life now. This is where I live. <laughs> oh, and man. Then, and then Mike Myers came along and said, hold on. This one is for the armadillos. There's Have a real problem just... <laughs> in our nation. And it is Armadillo's inability to swim. <laughs> Have you ever just tried swallowing air? Huh. <laughs> Let's try that. What I want to know is why does that work for armadillos, but not other species? Does it work for other species? I don't know. Armadillos are pretty small. So like, like as a human, you need to swallow a lot of air. <laughs> Armadillo a little bit less. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I wonder. Also, yeah. it, why can't armadillos swim? Is it just because their legs are so tiny? Well, I think they like can swim, but that just like helps them. Like, you know. I just imagined them like ballooning up and then just like <laughs> bobbing along and just letting just the hoping water. the wind blows in the yeah, right direction. I take them. <laughs> that would be interesting. Just goes down. A river see what sees where it ends up man i just google image searched armadillos they are funky looking they are pretty funky looking aren't they i <laughs> i can't ex it's like it's like a pig and a dragon had a baby and then it got hit by a shrink ray <laughs> Just minimize. I don't know. I wonder where they they came they have, like, from. Because I mean, they yeah, they definitely look like dinosaurs. It's like when I see them walking, it's not that weird. But when I see them standing, yeah, you know, and they're sitting there with like their arms, and see, that's when it just looks weird. When I see like its body, <laughs> when it's not just like this little pill bug. Yeah. Wow. What a they. They kind of remind me of pangolins. Have you ever seen yeah, a pangolin? they're pretty similar. Yeah. Yeah, Pang pangolins, pangolins just have like a bunch of scales. Yeah. Yeah, so which would you rather fight, a pangolin or an armadillo? <laughs> um, well, that depends. Is there a body of water nearby? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> um, I think a better question is how many pangolins or how many armadillos do you think you could take before you're overwhelmed yeah before i would switch from one to the other you know um, we, we know the the ratio of lions to crows or ravens is 100 <laughs> 100 right. crows equivalent to a lion but how many pangolins or armadillos i could probably do i could probably fight 15 pangolins okay but i could probably take like 60 armadillos 60 armadillos yeah so apparently armadillos 
are about five to 59 inches. Whereas five to 59. Yeah. 59 inches. I didn't realize they got that big. That is a massive, (laughs) that is a massive difference. Yeah. (laughs) But like, yeah, so they can, armadillos can weigh up to like 120 pounds. Holy cow. And penguins, my answer. (laughs) Penguins apparently can only reach about 40 pounds of weight, which is like one third. Huh. Well, yeah, maybe, maybe I would rather do the, I'm going to flop those numbers. In fact, I don't even know if I could do 15 armadillos at this point. 15 armadillos. That's a lot. I mean, like I maybe do three armadillos because they're not fast. I don't imagine. No, they can't be fast. But like in high school, I was 120 pounds. That was like my average weight throughout high school was 120 pounds. So I was equivalent to some of the largest armadillos which is quite impressive. So I just spent like three minutes goofing on armadillos and just imagining them as these like (laughs) helpless little balls of, of, of fur and scale, but it turns out they're like as big as me. (laughs) I take it all back. Oh man. I'm sorry, armadillo community. Please do not come after me. So we learned quite a few things about armadillos. <laughs> what other facts do we have? Okay. A bolt of lightning contains enough energy to toast 100,000 slices of bread. Wow. Okay. That's pretty cool. You could, I mean, hmm. people are always looking for a way to end world hunger. <laughs> One bolt of lightning is equal to 100,000 100, pieces of toast. That's breakfast for a hundred thousand people. Okay, yeah, <laughs> I could see that. Hard. We could. So I, now we just need to create a device that can equally disperse that energy. It needs to collect that energy and equally disperse it amongst all those pieces of bread. And Franklin didn't know it, but him and his key tied to a kite string, they were. They were partway there to to solve world <laughs> hunger with the ultimate toaster. He never knew. He just thought creating light bulbs would be cool, but how, how why many, stop there? How many pieces of bread are equivalent to one? Ben Franklin, Thomas Edison. Now it, it was Edison, wasn't it? Edison, Edison did it. Yeah, but I, I may have Franklin. said ben Franklin. Um, how many? Uh, how many? pieces of bread are equivalent to one ben franklin like Mm. if you if you toast ben franklin and bread what is the difference like how many out of the hundred thousand do you have to take out when you replace the bread with ben franklin (laughs) that's a good question (laughs) how does that story with ben franklin end he was out in a lightning storm with a key on a kite did he get zapped I think he did but like i don't know like what his purpose was as far as like what happened next you know like like he couldn't have like captured lightning <laughs> you know like <laughs> like did he just like oh it's true that's yeah. cool <laughs> like, like what, what happened was the, what was the thought process i wonder if this will shock me oh yep i did get <laughs> shocked I don't know. They they taught us only so much in school. <laughs> yeah. I I honestly don't remember anything about the why of that experiment. And maybe that's telling. Maybe that's why I got him mixed up with Tom with uh, Thomas Edison. Ben Franklin. He was Edison. Maybe that's why maybe that's why I keep doing this. <laughs> All right, give me another one, Michael. Okay, another one. Let's see. So, um, okay, here's something somewhat related to food. So apparently without saliva and its chemical breakdown of food, we never would be able to taste food. 
you know, we can, we can smell food. You know, a lot of people say that, like, you know, if, if you can't smell food, you can't taste food, which obviously that must be true in a little bit, but apparently if we didn't have saliva. We couldn't taste things either. Hmm. That's interesting. I wonder then for people who like naturally make a lot of saliva, I wonder if they taste things more intense. Like, I wonder if that's equivalent, like if more saliva is yeah, that's a good question. Better taste. I don't know. And you can't like, you can't measure taste, can you? Like, you know, I can say something, obviously, like we have different things that we prefer, you know, but like, as far as being able to taste something like, you can't compare that. At least yeah, as far as I know. Is yeah, because it's all subjective. And then I, I think even just like our perception of what taste is has shifted pretty recently. Cause I think they used to say there were only like, like four or something flavors and they were all located in specific spots of your tongue. But I believe that that has since been changed. I think they've discovered otherwise now that I think now they're not in specific places on your tongue. Like it's not like the front of your tongue is savory or whatever. I think they've decided that there are specific taste buds and those are scattered okay. randomly throughout your tongue. Yeah, so um, that's something I didn't know. I was still thinking of like, you know, whatever tip of the tongue is sweet and sides are savory, you know, I, I didn't know. Yeah, I think they, I think there was a recent discovery that it was different than what we thought. I could just be making all that up, but I am pretty sure I heard that somewhere. <laughs> true. We, we every, already gave Everything that, that I read one. on the internet is true, so... <laughs> It's somewhere out there. What's like the craziest, like hard to believe that it's true trivia fact that you have, Norman? Mm. Obviously, it must be true because we got this from the internet. Because but... we got it from the internet. So it has to be. Um, let me see. I have, I found a couple of articles that are really long. Um. This one says one man has saved. Well, no, let's not do that one. How about this? Our European ancestors were cannibals. Oh, in 16th and 17th century Europe, cannibalism was a fairly common practice. Holy cow. That's all I'm going to read to you because the article just loaded a bunch of ads and pushed that fact away from my site. Dang. Yeah, man. We, cannibals, 16th what I say, 15th, 16th century? That's, that's medieval. Yeah, man, I like couldn't imagine that being like a normal part of society. Like, well, especially because like around medieval times, that's when like Christianity was really taking off. And so that's when people started to view the body as like holy and profane, right? So then to to be like, you know, my body's a temple, serve it with steak sauce. <laughs> um, that feels like a pretty big jump to me. Yeah, what the? That's just like so unnatural, like compared to like the society that we live in today, you know? Yeah. I couldn't imagine. And who, I don't, I don't know like how commonplace it was back then or anything, but like, I can't imagine like, you know, meal planning and being like, oh, you know what? Um, I've had, I've had enough beef this week. Like what about we mix it up a little bit with like some sheep or maybe even some human, you know, with, like with, with grandpa Denny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, what? <laughs> Who? <laughs> We've had him in the freezer for a while now. Just waiting oh, for a man. special occasion to find China. <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. I, there aren't are there a ton of animals that are cannibals? I mean most I animals, know. I think if give it like if you gave a tiger tiger, I don't think he'd be that picky about it. But I don't think a tiger necessarily willingly hunts another tiger, right? Yeah, I think that's probably the case for most. Like I know chickens like they'll eat their own eggs. And stuff like that like that's not uncommon at all i saw a video and on twitter people... of a guy feeding chicken mcnuggets to some chickens 
Yeah. This okay. is, I mean, some people who like raise chickens will like purposely give them the eggs to like give them nutrients and stuff. So like, and like lots of other animals probably would. I don't think they'd like hunt them down. Obviously there are things like black widows though, that like purposely eat oh, yeah. their meat. And, so and mantises. Yeah. Mantises. Yeah. So like, hmm. yeah. <laughs> Fun I, fact. Huh. What about you? What's your most interesting one? Um, I'd say, let's see. Oh, here's one. So apparently like in our solar system, Venus is the only planet that spins clockwise. So apparently all of the other planets, you know, we all circle around the sun and we all spin and such like that. But apparently only, what is it? Venus, only Venus spins clockwise. So scientists like guess that it's because like one day a meteor came and like hit it and sent it spinning the other direction. But like, there's only one. Pretty cool. Um, I wonder if that has uh, any effect on you know, in, in movies and stuff, like if the planets align, it uh, triggers some giant celestial event, like summoning monsters or giving people superpowers. I wonder if maybe that happened until it got bumped and then it started going the opposite way and the planets were like, can't do it anymore. Messed up our flow. Now, Not that's cool. why there are no super superheroes because we don't get our powers charged up from the planets aligning properly true i can only like imagine like you know being the only planet that's spinning the other direction like, do the other planets like look down on it or they're like man that's cool how come he gets to do that how well, come they get you to feel do that? about it i don't know are you jealous that we're <laughs> not the one the odd one out or are you are, are you upset that venus isn't following our planetary status quo I think it's cool that one is doing it differently. So I, I'd say that that's cool. You know, I think if it was our planet, you know, like people are already like super prideful. <laughs> and <laughs> so like, if people were like, oh man, we're the only planet that spins this way. Like, I don't know, man, that's too cocky. <laughs> so if it was our planet. We would have seen aliens already. Yeah, true. <laughs> they would have been like, oh, that's, I bet aliens have been to Venus a million times because it's the one going the opposite direction. I'm like, oh man, don't go to Earth. That thing, that thing's spinning counterclockwise. Don't go there. Yeah, they're like, obviously it's nothing special because it's going the same direction as all the other ones. This one that is standing out, this is the important one in the solar system. True. That actually brings me, I didn't write this one down, but I saw today apparently that like because space like dampens sound and it like soundproofs things apparently if space didn't do that hearing the sun would be equivalent to like hearing a chainsaw from like five feet away just going all the time because of all the explosions and chemical or you know atomic processes that are yeah. happening on the sun so huh so so that's saying if if sound could travel in space, we would hear it here on earth. Yeah. We just like hear it like constantly just like exploding and like, wow. Nonstop. I wonder how that would affect, um, like our human evolution, you know, like how that would have affected our hearing. True. If we had to tune that out constantly. Yeah, I mean, I honestly would think that, like, if it was that prevalent, I probably think that, like, species wouldn't evolve hearing because, like, it just wouldn't be effective. Yeah, know? that's true, because nothing that we could do would be, like, loud enough to, to drown it out. Yeah. You're right. We probably might not even have hearing. It would just be heightened seeing and, and smell. That's true. So that I mean, way it's... you could still, like if you were, you know, someone's sneaking up on you, you know, one of the things is you listen to hear the creaks behind you, but if you couldn't hear them, 
you know, maybe you just have 360 vision or something like that. I don't know. True. I mean, think of all the evolutionary features we're missing out of because we can't hear the sun. Like really, you could ask the question the other way around. What are we missing? <laughs> because, <laughs> yeah. Because of this. Um, there are like so many other animals that like see extra colors or have extra senses, you know, and we get to hear. That's pretty cool. I like it. It makes it possible for people to listen to the podcast. So that's true. That's really good. I wonder what, like if we could see another color, like a brand new color, I, I can't even comprehend what that would be like, you know, because every time I try and think of a new color, I can only do it in the context of the colors we have. So I'm only thinking of sh different shades of colors we already can see. Like my brain, yeah. I, my brain isn't even capable of, of envisioning a, a brand new <laughs> color that we don't see. Mm -hmm. I know. And it's like, you think there are like some animals that just have like more colors than us, but like, I think shrimp have like, like a hundred more colors than we do. Like I couldn't even name a hundred colors from the colors we have already. And <laughs> couldn't even and, do that. So, and like, we couldn't even, there's not a way for us to represent that because no matter how we did it, like no kind of computer animation or anything like that could represent a brand new color because mm -hmm. our eyes aren't capable of seeing it. It's true. I mean, I think the, it's, what is it? The, the giver that's one like dystopian novel where everything is in the future and there's like no color, you know? So one that like color is described for the first time, I think that was like really cool. That was my favorite part of the book. Just like, how creative of an author do you have to be to like come up with the process of like seeing a color and having it be something completely new to you? Like that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right, here, I got another fact for you. The legend of the Loch Ness monster is nearly 1,500 years old. Wow. Says the tale, there was a tale written in 565 AD that speaks of an Irish monk traveling through Scotland. And while there, he heard stories of a water beast. So we've had that legend for almost for 1,500 years. Wow, okay. That's pretty cool that this whatever creature, fish, person, whatever force of nature has just been embodied for like thousands of years and it's still like today i like literally one of my fun facts is about the loch ness monsters so let's hear it um so apparently in 2009 scientists did like a study they like went on this big search to find the loch ness monster and they found over a hundred thousand golf balls just in the lake <laughs> <laughs> they did not find the loch ness monster <laughs> but I think a lifetime supply of golf balls. So <laughs> that's gotta be the most anticlimactic thing that you could ever do. Like you're setting off to find this ancient cryptid and you just, oh man. Do you believe yeah, apparently in monster, when, Michael? You know what? That's a good question. I believe there, there probably was something at some point, like there had to have been something I don't know if it's still alive though. I haven't like kept up to date on <laughs> the recent things with the Loch Ness monster, but I believe there definitely had to have been something. That's so. true. I mean, especially 1500 years of this legend persisting, like a tortoise can live 170, but that's nothing. That's a blink of the eye compared to 1500 years. So that's true. Hmm. So, I don't yeah, know. I mean, you're right. Like maybe there was something and maybe it's just gone. Yeah. Maybe it was like a family of dinosaurs and they just like continued for a thousand years. And I mean, who knows if they're still alive today? I, you know, that's I true. Like a plesiosaurus that, like, is basically a plesiosaurus is basically the Loch Ness monster. Yeah. I mean, so many like animals survived all the calamities that happened. So it figures that 
you know, Nessie, you know, a creature like that could have survived. But the thing like, I don't understand is like, we're literally able to like, understand so much about the universe. Like we know that Venus spins a different direction than yeah. all the other planets, but we still don't know about the Loch Ness monster, you know? Yeah. I think you'd be able to figure that out. I desperately wish for cryptids to be real. Like I find cryptozoology so fascinating. Uh, I, I love the Loch Ness monster myths. I love Bigfoot myths. Um, I think they're awesome. I don't, I don't know if they're necessarily true or at least in this modern age, I don't know if there are any left if they were around, but God, I hope so. Cause that would just make this know, place so, so cool. much cooler. In a, in middle school, in what well, would, would have been a seventh grade is when I had Mr. Boatwright. Um, we were writing a research paper in his class and he said he didn't want to read a bunch of boring research papers. So we were supposed to write a short story, um, but put in like facts and cite them just like it was a research paper. So we did the research and everything just like it was a research mm -hmm. paper and we cited them and we did a bibliography at the end, but the actual writing, instead of a boring paper, it was a, um, it was a research paper. And I asked him if I could do mine about Bigfoot and he said, yes. So I wrote a short story about this English class that was basically doing what we were doing, writing a research paper, uh, but they were doing theirs on nature. And so they were gonna go on this field trip out into the forest to go with like a hiking guide to get firsthand experience. And uh, they, they went and they met Bigfoot, this English class. And then there were these poachers that were coming after the Sasquatch and the poachers were, they like shot Sasquatch and the English teacher like dove in front and took the bullet for, for Sasquatch. <laughs> and Sasquatch went and beat up the, the poachers for hurting the English teacher. Um, it was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, cryptology is like cool. I think, um, like, I mean, I don't know how like 100% concrete it is as like a field of study, but I know like in the past, like cryptologists like also do things more than like Bigfoot. Like apparently they've like discovered several species that have like gone extinct, mm -hmm. you know, or they thought like, oh, well that, that doesn't exist anymore. Like, and the cryptologists like are like, no, I don't believe you. And they go out and just find this animal that like we thought to be extinct. So like they do some pretty cool things. Yeah. I don't know how you get into that, but. Well, I think part of it is that, um, like their field is kind of you have the people who are like that who who take it really seriously and and go out and and do stuff like that and then you have the other side of the spectrum the people who are just like lunatics who who are like bigfoot's real and i'm him <laughs> so, <laughs> run around in a ghillie suit yeah so like you have those people who i'm not sure i understand i wasn't talking to you siri that keeps happening <laughs> who um, does understand <laughs> Um, but like you have those people who kind of make it difficult to take cryptozoology seriously. So the field is almost like, it's almost mocked, um, by people within it, mm -hmm. but I, I love it. I would love to get into it. Like you said, I don't know how, but that would be awesome if I could. True. All right. Well, what's, what's another fun fact you have, Norrin? Let's finish up with some strong ones. Okay. Here's a really good one. Nutmeg can be fatally poisonous. So a little dash of nutmeg is, is fine, but too much of it can be toxic. It says two to three tablespoons can give you hallucinations, convulsions, pain, nausea, and paranoia that can last for several days. And that's just from two to three teaspoons. So if you ate like a cup of nutmeg, you're dead. Yeah. But Thank goodness we did the cinnamon challenge instead of instead the nutmeg, nutmeg challenge. challenge. But yeah, I think that's, that's pretty interesting. And it, it, to think that nutmeg is in nearly everyone's kitchen. Yeah. 
that's crazy that actually like i found out recently that like cinnamon is that way too like if you eat too much cinnamon and it's it's like a higher amount than that nutmeg but apparently cinnamon can be like poisonous as well if you take it in large amount of quantities but there's this type of cinnamon that doesn't have that i guess it's just this like one chemical or one component of this cinnamon but there's a type that doesn't have it and i like got both of them to test it out and the one is like very basic cinnamon but one like the one that doesn't have that toxic thing in it one it's cool because it doesn't kill you but two it like smells like everything christmas like oh huh you know like cinnamon smells good you know like you can picture christmas things but like the other type of cinnamon smells like you know all of the spices like wrapped up in one and it's just regular cinnamon but it's like a fancier type of cinnamon but it doesn't kill you (laughs) so it's like the better cinnamon huh that's funny um i i wonder if the cinnamon that is not lethal I wonder if it's more expensive. Like if people back in, you know, back a while ago, I, I wonder if like that cinnamon was like reserved for rich people. Like it's more expensive because it's not fatal, you know? So you're True. paying for the safety. Did you know that lobster used to be viewed as like peasant food? Like it was peasants ate it and it was like fed to dogs and stuff like that. Whoa, that's cool. Like lobster huh. used to be, for poor people dang what the heck i would love to to dine on lobster (laughs) (laughs) it's my poor man's lobster Hmm. i know i know i i don't know when the shift happened but but yeah that's cool man food is so cool that's like one of my like topics of passion is food obviously i know the difference between cinnamon types yeah (laughs) but (laughs) But like food has always definitely been like my passion. I have like one fun fact is that apparently Nutella was invented in like World War II because there was this like Italian chef who like back then during like World War II, they had to like ration their chocolate amounts. And like America, on one hand, we were like, you know what? We can't eat as much chocolate. So we're going to make it taste worse. So like America, like chocolate rations to people, they make it like taste horrible so that they wouldn't want to eat it as much so that they didn't want chocolate. So they wouldn't have this expensive thing. But this one Italian pastry maker decided he wanted to like make his chocolate ration last. So they just mixed in hazelnuts with it. And now we have Nutella. Huh. That's weird. I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> so two ways of rationing chocolate. One, make it taste bad so you don't want it. Or two, mix some nuts in it. <laughs> mix some hazelnuts. Well, I'm glad he did. <laughs> yeah. Thank goodness. Who would have thought that like it would have blown up so much like today? Like everyone knows who Nutella is, you know, at least in the United States. I don't know if it's like a common thing in other places of the world, but like at least was, here, like it was big in France when I went. Oh, okay. It was on like every breakfast thing that we went to. It was almost more common than, than like jam on toast. You know, it was like mainly Nutella is what they did in the mornings. Was it called Nutella or yeah. was it? Hmm. Well, that's cool, man. I didn't yeah. know that. Huh. Well, those were good facts, Michael. I feel like I learned a lot. Yeah, that was some good things. <laughs> Covered some some good fun facts. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll do that again. And then I really like the idea of the conceptual fights. Conceptual oh. fights are good. We'll it's a very to... controversial topic. So yeah. We'll have to do that one <laughs> here pretty soon because that sounds like fun. Um, but for now, everyone, thanks so much for coming along with us to Goodland. It was, it was great to step into the valley again. Um, there are, uh, you know, there's a lot to see in Goodland, and we've only begun scraping the surface. So we're we're glad you're here on the journey with us. We can't wait to uh, take you deeper into the land where everything is good. Um, don't forget to follow us on our socials. We're at Goodland Pod on. Twitter and on Instagram, uh, Goodland on Facebook, Goodland Podcast on YouTube. 
So go ahead and find us there. If you're watching us on YouTube, like and subscribe, leave a comment with uh, any interesting facts that you know, because we'd like to know them too. Um, and then, you know, if you're listening on no, iTunes, Horn's gone. <laughs> uh, if you Swamp are out of good land, <laughs> <laughs> left too soon. Yeah. Welcome back to good land. Um, and uh, if, uh, if you're listening on iTunes, um, don't forget to leave us a rating and share us with people. Um, just, just get the word out there. Um, Cause what's better than hanging out with two best friends? What's better than hanging out with a whole community of people in a land where everything is good. So just don't forget to spread the word. It means, it means a lot to us. Um, you know, we're glad to have you all listening. But I'm Norin. I'm Michael. This has been Goodland, and I'm glad you're alive.